Hi there. Welcome to the New Life Live podcast. Steve here. Since 1988, New Life has been transforming lives one life at a time. Now our goal is to provide you with wisdom from God's Word to give you hope and help in life's most difficult places. One way that we do this is through the live program that we share with our listeners here on the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to ask our panel of counselors and psychologists, call us at 1-800-229-3000, Monday through Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Now let's go to today's podcast episode. Hi there. Welcome to New Life Live. Really glad you're with us here today. And are you hearing an echo? Are you guys? Mm, No. no. Good. I am. Um, Yes, I hear your echo. Just heard your echo. Yeah, Yeah, I'll have our folks come in and they'll take care of that anyway jim burns is in the studio jim great to see you good to see you steve and then we have dr jill hubbard is here hello steve happy about hello, that jim. yay and you know i know this isn't a prophecy program but i'd like to talk about end times okay okay end times too many marriages ending <laughs> end times the end of respect for parents that's what happens mm. end times the end of Christian values as a foundation for life, and for many people, the end of real hope. It's not the same kind of culture that we were raised in. Jim, you address this all the time with folks. What is the hope for kids raised in a valueless culture it's the culture of social media they're they're the ones and everything they say discredits parents christianity tradition all of that well you're right i mean it's a tough time but there's also some good news in the midst of this for example if families have faith conversations in the home there's a 300% better chance that kids will stay in the faith so we're all worried about kids leaving the faith and they are but if families would simply and – there, and there's two studies on this, Steve uh, – 300% better chance that they would stay in the faith. Yeah. Uh, when parents talk to their kids about sex education, there's a better – a much greater chance that kids will be less promiscuous and less confused. So we just have to get the news out that as parents, if we lean into this in, in a way, uh, we can help them. Social media, we can create a media-safe home – but that takes some energy, and we can't self-soothe. We use our the screens today as self-soothing even little babies, and it works, but it's not good. So parents have to have the discipline. Uh, even Paul said, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, and I think it's time for us as parents to say, no, there's some things we can do, and it's all good news if we do it. But if we get lazy, then the culture is going to just eat us up. It is. So, Jill, go ahead, Jill. Well, absolutely. I think there's a polarization that's happening. We have no in-between anymore. There's no the gradations, right, where, okay, I'm mad at you, but I'm not cutting you off, right? right? And now it's this all or nothing. And I think we consume things in sound bites. Now, on, on social media, we know it hijacks our brain. There are also some good sound bites that we can get depending on what you search for, right? But it's still, it's just these little tidbits that doesn't get really strung together in a full motion picture of life, right? So we're just living on sound bites and then this kind of, we get an idea and it's this all or nothing mentality. And you have to be involved 
with social media as a parent. You can't. Yes. This is their world. So you have to find apps that might help them with studies or, or just having fun. Find games you can play with them online. Different things like Game Pigeon. What what a fun, fun thing that is. If you've never done that, I can play tennis with <laughs> online with my daughter in California and I'm in Indiana. Really, Game Pigeon. Huge, <laughs> huge connection point. We're going to take a break. Come right back. And here's the number. If you want to join us today, it's 1-800-229-3000. These are kind of end times. But here we have seen the beginning of people having a different insight, different outlook on the world, making different choices. The beginning of real hope. 1-800-229-3000. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Hi, this is John Townsend of the Townsend Institute. Uh, Happy anniversary to New Life Ministries. I've been partnering with Steve Arterburn and the team for many years as co-host in the show, speaker, making videos, and it's been a wonderful experience. Um, new life is just simply transformative and has been for all these many years. Anything from helping people with emotional issues like uh, anxiety, depression, trauma, substance issues, then to uh, relationship issues, couples and marriages and, and family issues. And they, they've been able to take people from just kind of growth tips that you need to make it another day all the way to life-threatening and life-ending sorts of situations. And the lens that New Life uses is so trustable. It's biblical, it's warm, it's accepting, it's science-based, and it's practical. So nobody's doing a better job of this. And again, congratulations and happy anniversary. Well, thank you, John Townsend. You know, the thing about John, if he says it, it's the truth. You know, he doesn't have anything to prove. He doesn't have any reason to exaggerate. And he just has so much credibility, and I'm grateful for that. And he and Henry and I, we were the boys and had so much fun doing it and helped people. And now we've got so many other folks that are on board helping, like Dr. Jim Burns, Dr. Jill Hubbard. It's just a wonderful, wonderful gift that we get to do this 35 years later. And we get to do it because of the sport that you folks have given us. And for that, I am extremely happy about So, before we go to a call, and by the way, the number, 1-800-229-3000. 1-800-229-3000. Jim, you you really are kind of a culture master, Mm -hmm. and you are so on top of the culture because you communicate that to parents and kids all the time. So, what would you say would be a headline for parents and grandparents in trying to connect with kids that literally have been hijacked by a secular culture that is void of traditional values. What's a headline of try this, or perhaps this could be a bridge to their heart? Yeah, I'm going to give you two. One is be students of their culture, not our culture, because they really are growing up in a different way. We, We were six. We were eight. We were 15, 14 
20, but we were never their age because they experienced so much so young. So I think as parents and grandparents, we have to understand the culture without being condemning. Um, now, we can agree to disagree, but I don't think it's worth arguing uh, as they get older, you know, politics and things like that to try to convert them to our style. I think we need to listen. And secondly, I would say listening. Listening is the language of love. Yeah. What our culture does, our culture doesn't listen to them like a human being who loves them unconditionally can. So I think when in listening, we can actually be the hands and the mouthpiece of Jesus. And uh, that's what they want. They want community and they want somebody to listen to them. And and so be students of their culture, yeah, and then listen listen to them, but do that as a language of love. One of the things that I have found is so shocking and so wonderful is that you can say things that you believe in, and if you do it in a nice way, non-condemning, but it's just this is how I'm thinking and feeling, you might get back at the time you say it seven arguments of why you're stupid, wrong, and all that kind of stuff. But then, but then a year later, you hear them talk about that thing you were talking about. In other words, yeah, they throw out all the stuff, but they listen yes. to us. Yes. And it does make a difference what we say and, of course, what we do. And I just um, I think we underestimate the power of our words even when – were disagreed with. They do have power, lasting, staying power. And mm-hmm. you're right. And you know, even the in the Bible, the definition of love says, you know, love is patient. Love is kind. Mm-hmm. And what I heard mm-hmm. you just say is, we have to be kind. We can agree, we can disagree with even what's going on in the culture. But if we're kind to our kids and we're kind to people who don't agree with us, that makes a big difference. It goes a long way. And the Bible's clear that we're, we're called to be kind, even the fruit of the Spirit. So if we're going to live as Christians, we're going to live by the power of God's Spirit. One of the phrases, you know, when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit is kindness. Yeah. And so, again, kindness is a part of gentleness. So, mm-hmm. you know, this the culture today, it's so divided and, and it's we're so mean to each other. And what we need to do is back off and, you know, kind of agree to disagree but still be kind and, and stand well, for what we believe in. Well, I, th- yeah. I think – you have to, as a parent, also manage your own anxiety yeah. about the need to, like, yeah. help them see it correctly, right. Right. right? And so listening first and yeah. drawing out, when you get them to articulate their own ideas and yeah. actually hear themselves, yeah. they often will question. And when you listen first, I agree, Steve, with what you're saying, they may not give you a clue, but they do care what you think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Right? They do. They do. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Okay, you want to join us? 1-800-229-3000. Now, my wife, last night she was telling me that she and Solomon rode past this sign. And on the sign, it's talking about commercial real estate. But there's this the big word, commercial. So when I was with them, I see this sign over here that says commercial. So I think it's telling me to... Do a commercial. So I just started, hey, everybody, I'd love for you to buy this product here. And they cracked up. Like, And so now every time they pass the sign, commercial. Uh, they think of me doing a commercial every time I pass the sign. Now, why am I saying this? Because we need to be sure that if we're upset about wandering values or behaviors and things like that, 
that we're also trying to balance that with some good things, fun things, laughter, humor, because it really does make a difference. If it's all negative and we're always down on things, we're not going to do a great job of of them caring about what we think or them thinking that we're a kind and compassionate and and diverse person versus thinking that we're just somebody that's just negative on everything all the time. We have to be careful about that. The other thing is, I think one of the saddest things is when a parent or two have a child that's struggling and the last thing they ever think of is getting a counselor that might be able to do some things that they're not able to do as parents. This uh, past weekend, Solomon, Amelia, my wife and I, we are all just enjoying being together. I want to tell you, there was a time I didn't think that would ever be possible. But because of good Christian counseling, there's unification, there's enjoyment, healing, all sorts of stuff. And it's really sad if if you don't resource your child, if you don't get them whatever it is that they need because you have some kind of philosophical or whatever that prevents you from reaching out. We always need to be reaching for whatever a child needs. I appreciate that you said uh, fun, too, mm-hmm. because you know the, I have a phrase that I actually have in my office that says, have serious fun. Yeah, good. And I find that um, that breaks tension. It builds traditions. Mm-hmm. Play. When I was doing my PhD, I, I did it on traits of a healthy family. And I was, I was amazed that one of the top traits of a healthy family is, is actually play and mm-hmm. fun. And I, I think it breaks uh, open a a broken spirit. And and it's the case for our marriages and it's the case with our kids. It's hard when you're mad and you can be mad at your teenagers 24-7, 365. You can be mad at your spouse if you're married, you know, like that. But if you have fun, it, it opens it up. And I think people who have fun together um, as a family and even in marriages, I think they really do better. What does the Bible say? A cheerful heart is good medicine. Mm-hmm. We And we talk here about medicine. We talk about, you know, even in counseling, sometimes you know, medicine is really key and important to to help them get healthy. But the fact is, is cheerfulness is also a medicine that uh, really works with our even our our our, our hormone system. I mean, you know, dopamine yeah. right. is something that in, when you're having fun, that says to the brain, life is better. Mm-hmm. Gives you hope. Well, one more thing, and, and then we'll go to Kenneth here. But if you have kids, you probably are telling them to do stuff they don't feel like doing. That's just what a kid does. Right, here, do this. I don't feel like doing it. So, are you modeling doing stuff you don't feel like doing? Mm-hmm. That's important. That's good. Maybe you don't feel like cooking dinner. Maybe you're a man. You don't feel like cooking dinner because you think that's what the wife does. Cook dinner. <laughs> when you don't feel like cooking dinner, don't have her be the person in charge of dinner. Or maybe it's vice versa. But do things that are out of your comfort zone. You don't feel like it. You do it anyway. That's the greatest message for kids. Mm. Sometimes, or a lot of times, we need to do stuff we don't feel like doing. 
All right, let's go to Kenneth Temple, Texas. KBBW is the station. Kenneth, you're on with Dr. Jim Burns and Dr. Jill Hubbard, Steve Arterburn here. How can we help? Um, I have a friend who is uh, in his mid-60s, and he has recently, in the last three or four years, started abusing alcohol, and his wife is understandably upset, but I've had many conversations with him, and it seems that part of the way that she is responding to him creates further desire to get away from her and and drink and avoid her condemnation and i realized seems like a kind of a catch-22 does he need to quit drinking yes uh but at the same time i'm just wondering if you guys have any insight on this i guess kind of a two-pointed or double-headed problem of the drinking and the super condemning you know wife who is you know, just won't let him up. I mean, she just yeah. constantly. Right. We do have some insight. I'll save mine for last. Jim, you're our guest. Why don't you mm-hmm. start? What's the insight here? We have a wife that is really negative, and then he uses that as the excuse to go leave and probably do the thing that she's most negative about. Yeah, I mean, and and you're right. It's 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 two pronged, and and one person has to take the lead. I think a lot of times, if it's the spouse taking the lead, I would suggest that she go to Al-Anon. Well, exactly. That and, was my thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, the truth is, is that for years and years, something like an Al-Anon can help give her the tools. She doesn't know the tools. She's panicking and she's angry. I get it. All those are are emotions. She's got to learn how to how what's the best way to help him get the help he needs and and you're not going to get it by nagging and uh you know being, you know, negative Nancy over there. You're going to have to honestly learn those skills. The good news is uh Kenneth the skills can be not only given to her but can be taught and can be if she accepts that there's a much greater chance that he's going to do better. Now, you can't put all the blame on her. So at the same time, right. he needs to go get his help. I mean, what, maybe one, you know, there's a meeting where one goes to Al-Anon and one goes to, you know, AA or Celebrate Recovery or whatever it might be. And yet the truth is, is that um, most people, when they have a loved one uh, who has a problem with abusing alcohol, they don't know what to do. And so, literally, there's just great answers out there, but they've never looked. So, if she looks, you, and you could help her with that, you could you could uh, find lots of things. You can find lots of things that that we do here at New Life as well. Yeah, and when okay. she goes to Al-Anon, she learns that she can have serenity and peace in spite of what he's doing, and actually live a life of that's fulfilling, no matter what he does. But when she stops doing the things she's doing. It increases the chances that he might make a change also. We'll hear from Jill when we come back. You're listening to New Life Live. Here's the number, 1-800-229-3000. If you want to join us on the program, 1-800-229-3000. We're here for an hour and a half more, and so we'd love to talk with you, give you everything we've got to try to improve your situation. In the meantime, we'll take this break. And I hope and pray that you could support us. And when you do, we send you Dr. Henry Cloud's new book, Trust. When to give it, when not, how do you know somebody's trustworthy? It's all right in there. We'll be back.
We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. We are back. Steve Artiman here, Dr. Jill Hubbard, Jim Burns, and we're talking about someone concerned, got an abusing, alcohol-abusing husband, and a wife that uh, is so angry, upset, that she mm-hmm. provides excuses for him to go and drink. Jill, what are you thinking here? Well, I, I think that he's using her as an excuse. Well, sure. To drink, right? Because well, yeah. we know relationships, they're co-created, right? You each have your own stuff, but then there's the life of the relationship. And over time, I would imagine, like, Kenneth, you've said that he started abusing more recently. I would imagine his avoidant behavior has been over the long haul. It's been over yeah, a long yeah. period of time, yeah. and isn't it didn't just start with the abuse of the alcohol. And so it's been building. And to be on the receiving end of somebody who's highly avoidant, mm-hmm. it makes you angry. Yeah. So over time, I, women do get angry. And we know that women try to, in a sense, criticize a relationship back into health, Right. Because by pointing out what's wrong, we think, oh, you'll see it, and then you'll fix it, right? right? right. It doesn't work. Well, It doesn't work. So it's a trap that they both get in, because the more she's upset, the more he avoids, and the more he avoids, the more upset she is. Go ahead. The, um, the research shows, and, you know, there is at least one that showed this that I read, but when you criticize a person, hoping that that's going to make a difference, mm-hmm. what it actually does it makes it worse because the person's tendency is dig in their heels and defend why they did something that was worthy of your criticism. Mm-hmm. Just natural. It's human nature. You criticize me on this, I'm going to give you a reason that that happened, and I'm going to try to convince you that your criticism is wrong until you do it so much that I just shut down because I feel so horrible about me and so horrible about you. I mean, really, there is no benefit to criticism. So if I was talking with her, I'd say, well, yeah, you could continue to do that, or you could do this. You could get in the car, and as you're leaving, tell him you're going to a meeting of spouses where a person has an alcohol problem and won't do one thing about it get in the car and leave. Then, if you'll go to that meeting until you actually don't hate going to those meetings, things will happen. And you work the steps that he needs to be working. And what's that? Well, that's just saying, I can't control him. I can't change him. I don't have that power. God does. And I think God can take care of him. And I'm going to let God take care of him. I'm going to go to work on me. And when that happens, it's a different world. And there's more hope that way than you'll ever find in trying to nag or complain somebody into being a different person. Kenneth, uh, you're the friend. If I were you, well, what about this? What about saying to him, hey, Bob, I see you drinking. I know you know it's a problem. How about going to this uh, recovery meeting with me that's open to people that don't even admit they have a problem 
they have a speaker that comes in and and gives a talk about their life. But what about that? What about or, just or better yet, Bob? I'm going to pick you up at six thirty p.m. Yes. and we're going to go to this meeting together. Yeah. Because it's really scary for alcoholics to show up, especially the first time. Yeah. But if you have someone that will actually go with you, it makes a difference. He so that's something. He has been going to AA. Okay. Has he? Good. But he's still drinking. Well, it's getting better, but okay. it's the what's what's really eating him is that it seems like no no matter how hard he works at it Mm -hmm. it just uh, it just never is enough it just you know it's never you know he's not working hard enough and you know the reminders of yeah but you know what you did you know last month or two months ago or and it's just like he can't get up okay Uh, but again that's it's like okay he started to do something different and most people in his shoes like want like a lot of praise for that where she's been living with this for a long time she doesn't trust it yet and so he needs to instead of pulling back and seeing oh poor me he needs to lean into her and say you're right but i'm going to keep doing it every day and lean into her what are you what are you needing and care about her feelings a little bit right and okay. it takes a while it takes time but over time she'll start to trust that he's different but and she's protecting herself in a weird okay. way she is showing that she still loves this guy yeah absolutely otherwise you reach a point where you say do i don't care what you do it, it doesn't even affect right. you the opposite of love is indifference yeah not anger so i would encourage him to do what he needs to do so that in six months she's not reminding him of what he did today that he starts to develop a different kind of uh, memory pattern for her where she can remember more good days than bad days. But, you know, really all of this involves surrender. He really hasn't surrendered the drinking, the relationship to the Lord, and she sure hasn't surrendered to the Lord either. But when we reach that point where we can say to God, God, I have an extreme limitation. You do not. I need your help. That makes all the difference in the world. Today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very, very difficult places. To find out more about Club New Life, you can go to our website, newlife.com, or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now, if you're new to us, we drop an episode every weekday. We would love it if you would rate or write a review, which helps more people discover help and hope and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible. Now, let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places. glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. We're back. We're talking with Kenneth. And Kenneth, I'm going to send you a Life Recovery Bible. 
to give to Him. And it'll come with a workbook. And if you'll start to work on those steps, I, I think it could really, really help. In fact, I'll send two. Send one for her because she needs to be in her own recovery program. Anybody else okay. wanting a life recovery Bible, you call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. And, you know, it is the um, Salvation Army Pew Bible. Prison Fellowship gives that Bible away to any prisoner that wants one. I mean, it really is. I mean, there's a reason there are four million life recovery Bibles out there. And it's because it really speaks to the heart of somebody who is struggling or has and is ready to get down to business with God, and there's the path to do it. All right, if you want to join us on this program, 1-800-229-3000. We're going to go to Alexia in just a minute, but first, Larry Sonnenberg has come into the studio. That's why, if you're watching on YouTube, the lighting just went so bright because he came in. And, uh, Larry, uh, what do you have for us today here? Steve, uh, the last Every Man's Battle of the Year is coming up. Uh, December 1st to 3rd in okay. Dallas, Texas. Yep. And uh, this is a testimony I want to read that's different than most. You know, Guys go to every man's battle looking for how to get over their addictions and their sexual disintegrity, I guess you would say. But I want you to listen to what this guy really got. This was a powerful workshop. It brings new perspective to the causes and triggers for sexual addiction. During this workshop, I was able to learn to forgive my dad for his attempted suicide when I was 15 years old that changed my life from that point forward. I was also able to forgive my mother for years and years of prescription drug addiction that led to her early death. I now need to ask forgiveness from my wife for all the pain and grief my addiction and behaviors have caused her. Thank you, new life. You know, um... The, the roots of what guys have in their lives that cause them to look for um, comfort and their their drug of choice is sex. And this guy discovered there's a lot of unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just love that, that this workshop is not just how to change my behavior other than getting to the root of the problem so you understand why it is you do what you do. And so I want to encourage you guys. It's the last one of the year. Dallas, Texas, coming up, and you don't want to miss it. Do it before Christmas. Give your family a Christmas present. And if you need a scholarship, if, if you're just money is an issue, please tell the people you call about that, and they can help you get a scholarship. We have money. We're raising money more for it right now. And, uh, and if you're thinking of giving money to New Life this year end, Please do that now, and if you want to give some to scholarship, that'd be great, too. Well, you know, I think it's what you said about behavior. It's really important that, yeah, we want people to change what they do, but before that happens, we'd really like them to change their heart. There you go. So that whatever behavior change is a reflection of the heart, not just, I learned to do something different. It's the same way with giving. You know, if you just decide, okay, well, I'm going to give. If the heart hasn't changed and and you're not giving because you really are grateful for what God has done for you, and you, um, you're giving because you believe 
that God expects that, wants that, and that God has promised to bless you, and you're you're thinking of all those <laughs> things versus just an obligation, a begrudging obligation, then the Bible says that really the gift isn't it's not a worthy gift. It needs to come from a cheerful person who loves the fact that they can give. They want to be part of that. So here, transformation ministry, it's all about the heart, mm-hmm. not just about the behavior. It all works together. And we'd love for you to give. And so if you feel like giving, or maybe it's the scholarship or whatever, you can actually do that pretty easily. You can uh, text NLM to this number, 28950, 28950, the, the letters NLM, 28950, and give. Anything else you, oh, but, and we'll send you Henry Cloud's book, Trust. Anything else you'd like to add, Larry? No, I just love what you said about the heart, Steve, and we have examples and testimonies in the letter we're going to be sending that talks about people whose heart made all the difference in their decision to give. Mm-hmm. Anywhere from the guy that gave his last $7.50 that he had yep. to somebody that's given hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's it's a heart thing. It's not the money. It's not the amount. It's the heart. And that's what we love. Yeah. So, Bible tells us to break up that hard ground of the heart. Yeah. So thank you so much, everybody yeah. who is giving. Thank you, Larry. All right. Let's go to our next caller here. And uh, my screen just went blank, and I don't know the name. So, yeah. It's Alexia, you said. Alexia. Hi, how are you? I am wonderful. How are you? Good. How could we help today? I'm always better when I'm talking to you guys. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's a good thing. That's really good. This is probably my sixth time calling you. Um, Okay. Well, maybe we can get it right this time. We really (laughs) want to get it right. Okay. So what's going on? Thank you. Well, um, I have a daughter who's uh, 39. She's going to be 40 on Christmas Day. Mm. And uh, I've called most of my times. It's been about her. And she has been diagnosed formally through a psychiatrist um, or psychologist um, with AD. And I don't even know how. I know they've changed the names and all that. And it's an over-focused one. She is uh, the mother of an almost nine-year-old and a five-month-old, and so she is nursing. And I'm wondering if you could give me any guidelines as to how I can help her navigate to get some results through this. She has not gone on to see the psychologist yet because, of course, she's nursing. All right. Uh, well, Jill, you want to start well, us off do you, here? Do you mean she hasn't gone to see the psychiatrist be, for medication? Well, because she, she had the uh, diagnosis about mm-hmm. a, within the last six, seven months, or whatever. Okay. And, of course, being pregnant, she didn't <clears throat> move on because she's nursing. So right. the baby's five months old, yeah. Right. So, it, interestingly, when I had my first child in my 30s, that's when I got diagnosed with ADD. Looking back, I I had it lifelong, but it really, when you add in little people, right, all of your coping that you've developed to compensate for this kind of goes out the window, 
And so um, that's, you know, often the case at a certain point in I life, people reach a threshold yeah. where they can no longer do it all, right? Now, first of all, I think she needs to be realistic in that she she can't do it all with two little ones, right? right but I right. think there's some things that she can do when we don't have the structure internally we need to add it as john townsend would always say we need to add it externally and so when a, a mom has young kids this is a time one to to let go of how you used to do things right but uh, maybe add point. in you know someone to help I know at that stage of life, when my daughter was really young, I, I brought in someone to just help me deal like with um, paperwork and organization for just a few hours a week and to kind of get me into some behavioral systems because mine were no longer working. Mm -hmm. That helped immensely, right? If there aren't the resources right. for that, it could be you know a family member that she trusts. Someone to just do those things that start mounting when you're holding, you know, two babies and you're nursing. You just, you can't get anything done, right? Yeah. That's right. That's right. Wow. That's, that's so, oh, she's going to love hearing this because I'm going to have her hear this afterwards. Okay. Okay. Well, well, good. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, you have a thought here? Yeah, I was thinking, I actually have a daughter who's exactly the age of your daughter who has ADD. She was diagnosed at 11. Um, and so she's mm. been on Ritalin, and she has two mm -hmm. kids. Um, and she's an incredible teacher. She teaches uh, middle school kids. And what she's done is she's brought – it's what we were talking about with John Townsend. She's brought people around her, mm -hmm. and uh, has she's not afraid to discuss it with her husband, with us. And we actually – she lives in our area. So, you know, we kind of are those – sometimes those coach – the coach who can kind of help her, do you know, get some of that stuff straight. Build a team around her. And right. you being the greatest right. cheerleader, and she's not going to do it the yes. way you want her to do it. But you knew that anyway. <laughs> Build that team. <laughs> yes, I and did. you be a, you be a part of that team to help her uh, make it happen. And you know this is a good diagnosis. You look at it and you go, "Yay! We well, know what we're looking yeah. for." We're a lot of fun yeah. and highly creative. Totally right. You and yeah, I have that. I have that book, and that was one of the things. And I'm a teacher too. I'm a retired teacher. Okay. Uh, for many okay, years. Hold on. Lead, we're going to so go to a break. Yeah. Going to go to a break. Got more for you. A couple more things, Alexia. Right after this, you're listening to New Life Live. 1-800-229-3000. 1-800-229-3000. We'd love to take your call and answer anything that we can. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. We're back. Just a couple more things, Alexia. There are um, like the high C's of um, ADHD. And, uh, you know, the first one is compassion. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and I certainly think you have that. Uh, a lot of people, you know, their C is criticism and, you know, pull yourself right. together and all that kind of stuff. But, right. but no matter what. And it can be trying, but if we have compassion for that person, they respond to that. Because even though they're scattered or they look scattered, very sensitive mm -hmm. to how people treat them. And right. then the other thing, another C, I think, 
it isn't just uh, compassion, but it's kind of, you could say, collaboration. So you find some areas maybe you could help with. Um, maybe they need help in developing a, a to-do list system or, you know, whatever. Or they need you to come by or be on the phone 30 minutes every week, Sunday evening, to kind of help plan what the next week is going to be. Something in there. And, and so you're just kind of, you have your eyes open and ears open to what you might do, and you ask them, is there anything I could do? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. ADHD people are not very, they're not very consistent. At least this one isn't. I have the best intentions, and I and I am really good at doing whatever I set out to do for at least twenty four hours. So um, I say the same thing. Yeah. So you want to be consistent in the absence of her consistency, right? Always reliable person of your word, showing up or doing whatever you you say, and then. Um, the last C I'll give you is just the celebration. Trying to celebrate, mm. you know, minor victories, mm-hmm. such as um, when she tells you, this happened, I was so surprised that I came through, or um, I went to see this doctor, took the medication, and it really did help. So you're just looking at, at things for to affirm her and celebrate the little victories there. Well, That's my two cents. Steve, everything you just said is also for her. She needs some self-compassion versus yes. self-condemnation, there right? You because yeah. you Wonderful. just constantly feel like you, you can't keep up, and it can be very self-condemning, right? That it's yes. okay yes. to collaborate. You're not supposed to be able to do it all by yourself. And right. someone who's over-focused can get into that more you know, obsessive-compulsive side and perfectionism. And, and that's where you know, prioritizing is really important. You don't get these years back with the little ones, and that's, that's her, right. her main priority. And everything else must be secondary, and the people in her life must understand that, including herself. Yeah. And that's wonderful. I'll just say this. In in my world, the most uh, painful thing is, well, uh, this one of the great sayings, I think Bill, it's Bill W. saying, acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. We're told to accept each other, but when it's not acceptance, it's just tolerating. Mm. Oh, that's painful. Mm. When you sense that somebody's mm. just learning to tolerate you versus accept you and appreciate like Jill was saying, the creativity, the different mm-hmm. things that come with this. Um, I have a daughter who is very much like her dad, ADHD, and I mm. tell her all the time, this is the greatest thing you could ever, ever have if you learn to manage it and use it. A person with ADHD that becomes an accountant, probably not a good good thing to do here because you need to be able to do other things and that aren't in columns so Mm -hmm. if you can direct and guide and help her appreciate things about herself that that is pretty powerful Mm -hmm. uh 
I do have a book, Understanding and Loving Your Person There with ADHD. I'll send that it. to you. Okay. I won't I send it. that one yeah. then. What I will send you <laughs> is the one your Bible for women that my wife uh, did all the uh, all the collaborating and the commentary on. And I think you'll enjoy that. Well, we're just about out of time. And uh, I would go to Mary, but I don't have time to go to Mary. So if you hold on, you can be first up on our next program, Mary. We're going to do it in about, uh, well, it's 10 minutes from now. In the meantime, 1-800-229-3000. If there is an issue that you want to discuss, well, we start up another program in just a bit, and we'd love to have you on. one 800 229 I want to encourage you uh, to consider what you're going to do about year-end giving. And I'm just wondering if your giving is a giving because you feel obligated. Or is what you give, you know, it's like leftovers. It's just you go spend everything you want to spend, and if there's anything left over, you give. And those kinds of giving are very different than the kind of giving that that the Lord tells us to test him over. In Malachi, or Malachi, he says right there, try me, test me. In this, that if you give, uh, you will receive so many blessings. Yesterday, I, I told the folks, I watched 50 video clips of ministers manipulating people into giving, telling them things, give this $1,000 and you're going to have more financial blessing back. And uh, showing the lifestyles of the people that that were asking people to give, and uh, it was just so sad. Someone asked, Do, "Does it bother you that you just told somebody that's having a hard time feeding their children to give you a thousand dollars, and some because they believe in you're going to do it, and their children are going to go hungry, and they're not going to get money back because that's never a promise in the Bible. Do you feel bad about that? No." I don't feel bad about that at all. It's horrible. So I'm not trying to do anything but to say this, not manipulate you into giving, but to give with the right heart. The right heart is, I have been so blessed by God. I want to step out in faith beyond what I normally do. I want to take a step of faith, and then I want to watch what God does with that in impacting others' lives and the blessings that he promises. And I forget which translation it is, but the blessings are like double dog. I'm not kidding. Maybe triple dog. Blessing. Because the God of the universe wants us to live the life that is abundant and fulfilled. It wants to like wring out every bit of potential for us and give us the things that we really need and out of a pure heart long for. But we have to step out in faith first. If you never do that, I mean, a ridiculous thing. To do something, there's there's nothing but faith as the substance. And then the blessing comes. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Well, how does that even make sense? 
it makes sense that when you act out in faith, that's when the evidence shows up. You never do it. You never get to see that evidence that God wants you to see. So I want to challenge you as you come to year end. What kind of heart will you give with? Be sure it's a generous, grateful, faith-filled heart. Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.